episode of Let's Be Nerds. I'm your host, Lizette, and I am joined by Stephen, Gordon, Dylan, and Delaney. How's everybody doing today? Seems like uh, the saltiness is at uh, another high point once again. We're all salty. We work in kitchens and other <laughs> You guys are saltier than the Dead Sea. That's all I can say. <laughs> Just I'm ready for spice. Salt's not a spice, white girl. <laughs> I'm ready for conflict. Oh boy, so we are here for our music series part two. Um, And everybody's gearing up for the fight that's going to start the episode. Um, I I guess my country sucks. Oh my god. Just wait, I haven't haven't handed it to you yet. Wait, your turn. No. Yes, you listen to the moderator. She's not my boss. Yes, she she technically is now. But just a just a little bit of information for our listeners, please go and check out our Let's Be Nerds Instagram. Delaney has been making some memes based on our arguments and some behind the scenes stuff. I believe she'll be posting them um, from time to time, and they are just I, I don't I don't even know I don't even know what to say to describe these. Um, but just some ex- more extra behind-the-scenes stuff going on for you over there. And with that, um, I don't know, Delaney, do you want to go on the defense first? I feel like I'm, I'm going to give it to you because you've been good so far. That's a lot. The thing is, I don't even have an argument because Gordon's just wrong. I'm not like wrong, always. but, you know, it's okay for you to be wrong. Just wrong. Okay. So let's structure this argument a little bit more. So are we all in agreement that classic country is good? Yes. 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 It's okay. Okay, Fair Dylan, enough. you're not here right now. It's okay. 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 So classic country is good. Modern country, for me, depends on who the artist is and it, it's iffy. I have some that I really like and some that I'm just like, I I don't know what this is. Um, we're going to go around the circle and everybody's going to get a chance to say what they want. So we're not all talking over ourselves again. (laughs) So Delaney, modern country, how do you feel about it right now? Like you said, there's like some that I'm okay with and that's some that I don't like, but a lot that I've found lately actually have started to sound like old country. Um, I can't think of any names, of course, right now. But if I find them, I will like I'll share them. Okay. Um, because there's some that I could listen to all day long, and I feel like I'm listening to classic country. Okay, fair enough, Stephen. Um, I would say the for me the king and queen of country music will always be George Strait, Reba McIntyre, and/or Dolly Parton. That's like my base level, and then I would say beyond that, um. 
Uh, beyond that, sorry, can, can I get a timestamp so I know to edit this part? Yep. Okay. Tell your um, good night. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, I would say that my base level is that George Strait and Reba McIntyre and or Dolly Parton are the king and queen of country music. Everything in that era up to about 2000, and I'm being generous with this number, 2012, that's really, that's probably too high. But late 90s, early countries, music was perhaps the peak for me. Um, then we had certain figures enter the scene that I believe butchered the genre and then revived it only to kill it again. And that would be Luke Bryan. He's one of the main criminals that I have a complaint with. Sorry, Delaney. Um, but yes, so that's my, my stance on my country music. Okay, we're going to circle back to that in a second. Gordon, you're allowed to say at least part of your piece now. Go on. Am I really? I feel I feel like I'm in third grade with how I'm being treated right now, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm having, you know, that's about my mental age, so I should be used to this. I was going to say, you um, were having trouble spelling stuff her. earlier, so I mean. We do not talk about behind-the-scenes acts on camera. <laughs> I'll just make a meme about them later. Exactly. Um, I, I agree with Steve for the most part. Older country is definitely what I would prefer to listen to over the new country that is borderline pop music or rap music. It's hard to tell. Because mm -hmm. all the artists are switching back and forth with every other song. Like, uh, I probably shouldn't use that reference because it's inappropriate. Um, switch, it's just switching. Most artists nowadays switch between genres of their music when it comes to country. And you just never know what you're going to get when you're listening to someone like that. For instance, Taylor Swift. I You never know what the next album is going to come out as. Is it going to be pop? Is it going to be country? Is it going to be some other weird crap that she has no deal with um, putting out because it's not country? And I know her as a country artist. Don't know about anyone else. Well, I think she's the exception to the rule. Maybe we'll come back to that one because I yeah, I think she pulled it off a little yeah, bit better. Yeah, I like than... her music, but still, it's like all this jumping around gets confusing for my small brain. Not She's number one on my Spotify rap. I I'm gonna I'm pose surprised. I'm gonna pose the question that because she did what she did and she did it in my opinion well, I think that all these other like um let's think of who's uh Florida Georgia line. Like they tried to step out of their lane and kind of do what she did and like take on multi multi genre and I'm sorry, but you don't have the power that Taylor Swift did, and just because she did it doesn't mean you're able to. So get back in your lane. I think another really interesting thing that's been happening, Gordon and Stephen, you both kind of touched on this too. This um, like blending of genres where like country and pop have kind of merged, whereas in the past they were two very distinct genres. Now we almost have this, it's almost a third genre that is kind of like the offspring of those two. And 
we've had some songs come out of that that I mean I personally have enjoyed, but then there have been some other ones that are just odd. Mm-hmm. I uh, what comes to mind is that I I liked and I liked this artist until like recently they're kind of you know satanic or something and I'm not so sure, but when Little Nas X dug up or went to the trailer park and you know woke up Billy Ray Cyrus and made the Little Town Road song. Like that one for me was okay. I kind of got it. And then everything after that about that weird blended genre, I just, I couldn't get behind. Now, I do have to say something, and I I wish I had some of these songs ready to list off exactly what I was talking about. So Drew does not like, Drew likes older country music. He doesn't like modern country. He and I happened to come up, stumble across some songs that are in that country rap mix the actual term that we found that some of the artists were using for it was hick hop and it's it's very strange some of them in the weirdest way possible some of them worked really well some of them did not but there were a few that like I think I had left him in the car while I ran into a store for something. I came back out and he's like, you have to listen to this. And some of them, it was just because he's like, what the heck are we listening to? And then others, it was because this was actually really good. And I'm real. I, I don't understand what I'm listening to right now, but you have to like, tell me I'm not crazy. Hmm. Um, if I can come across some of them, I have to see if Spotify will just randomly give them to me again. I will drop them in our chat at some point. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. It's, it's weird, weird things are going on between several music genres right now. And I don't know how I feel about them. I agree. Yeah. Music is definitely, it's not bad, but it's, it's some, some of it is definitely getting to the point where it needs to be, uh, someone needs to ask them what the hell they're thinking. It's definitely hit that point of time where they've run out of music, they've run out of new artists doing different things, so they're literally trying every single avenue to make it work, and they just haven't found the right person to make it work. Yeah, I mean, it's almost at the point where I don't want to find new music. I'm okay with listening to all my old music and, like, the music that I haven't listened to in a while and not wanting to find new music. It's not country, but since we were talking about rap, look at uh, when Run DMC and Aerosmith did Walk This Way as a collab. It put both of them, it put rap and rock and Aerosmith themselves back on the map. That's an example of a good combo. It's something that worked. It's just wild to hear those two names together, you know. It is. I was taking oh, it yeah. back for but a have second. Have not listened to their version of the song done together? Like, one of my favorite. I I don't think I've listened to that version. I'll have to look for it. Uh, what? I don't know. I don't know if I've... You've got me no, wondering. Well, you haven't, because our father wouldn't let you, like, go through our music about... Li- uh, no, no, they would. he would have made her listen to it. No, no, he wouldn't. But like you're talking about like a hold on. <laughs> She's like, I gotta look at this. Now but I gotta I'm... look it up and figure this out for myself. Gordon's young, so I give him a pass. Um Steven? 
Yes. But um, I don't know if I get. Have you heard that version of it, Steven? Run DMC with Aerosmith doing "Walk This Way." I want to say that I have, but I could be wrong. I I know I at least knew about it. I don't know if I've actually heard it to be honest. It's their second played song, like most played song on Spotify. Wow. And it is one of my favorites just because of our dad. <laughs> I find it a, it's a good example of two genres and two different artists coming together and actually working together to make a song that works either as a rap song or a rock song. Because there's three different versions of the song. There's the Run DMC only. There's the Aerosmith only. Then you put the two of them together and you have one of the best songs ever by either one of them. And I think that's something country can learn from. I think that's what a lot of genres can learn from is um, actually working together and not just trying to mash each other together. Yeah. Hey, this sounds vaguely familiar now that I listened to it off to the side just a little bit. So I feel like your dad did show it to me, but I was probably just like, I don't understand what's happening right now because I was a little bit. <laughs> I'm just going to make us a Let's Be Nerds playlist where we just put in a bunch of songs that we all listen to. Okay. Honestly, that would be fun. So, I would enjoy that. I think I would, too. Okay. I will start working on that once we're done. Okay. What are we going to put in for Gordon? The Roblox theme song? I, I will leave right now. <laughs> that is disgusting that you think I play such a garbage game. <laughs> So Delay just brought up a good thing for Gordon. Oh, jeez. So we... Based off of the picture that you sent us in Discord earlier today. No, um... no, 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 is... no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Nope, I'll leave. I'll oh, end this recording right now. Eyes, right? I have the power to end this recording right now, and I will. <laughs> Delaney, type it to me in Discord, and then I'll say it. Oh, it? You should know where we're going at this Wizard point. Wizard of Oz. The picture oh, that Gordon sent in Discord. There's like flying monkeys and something like that. Just say it. Just say it already. I don't know what it's called. That's the problem. I don't know how we explain that to these people listening, and I don't know we're, if I want to. We're not going to. We're just going yeah, to let just it be gonna... vague as it is. <laughs> Photo. We're just gonna move on from that. Um, oh, you know what? I I have something that we can kind of segue into a different topic, kind of related to this. So you guys just touched on different artists meshing like together on different songs, like that Aerosmith one with Run DMC. Delaney, I just messaged you a couple days ago on um, TikTok when I found that Panic at the Disco had covered the one of the songs from The Greatest Showman. When I tell you I screamed when I read that, I screamed Liza because I got so excited. Have you, you listened to have you listened to it yet? Not the whole thing because I saw your text this morning because I got on okay. TikTok this morning. Um but the funny thing is I was just listening to the Greatest Showman um disog dis discography in the car on the way home from your house today. Uh-huh. So, for our listeners and for the rest of the cast who may or may not know what I'm talking about, um, how are you guys familiar with the movie The Greatest Showman with Hugh Jackman? Yes. yes. I've seen it multiple and I, times. And I'm disappointed in you, Liza, that you just discovered the whole, like, they had a whole album of, like, popular no, artists. I, yeah, I, I didn't realize. So, like, when I saw the actual 
cover of it. I realized I had seen it before, but I hadn't looked at it. And when I looked at who was singing what songs, I also realized I've heard Pink's cover of A Million Dreams. I have actually heard several of these. Okay, I, okay. So I it was not a completely new thing to me, but the fact that Panic at the Disco covered The Greatest Show was mm-hmm. news to me. So that is something, like, how do you guys feel about, um, I guess you would call it reimaginings or covers done in either slightly different genres or different styles from the original, because I feel like that's been happening more often. They, they, I've seen it done on musicals a lot, but I've seen it done on old songs, older songs as well. So, um... Do you remember when I introduced you to Jonathan Young? Yes. One of the best, probably, cover artists on YouTube for Disney songs? Yes. That managed to change just about any song. He made a metal, harmonious version of Let It Go that I will listen to and repeat until I die. His version of Poor Unfortunate Souls, though, will forever be my favorite. That was in, like, my top 15 songs on my Spotify rap. Yeah. Um, I am a huge fan of bands taking songs and recovering them. Uh, one of my favorite examples is by um, Live in La Vida Loca by Ricky Martin. Mm-hmm. Had a kind of punk metal version of it done by the Autumn Kings, which Ooh. is amazing. Uh, we could take a look at Genesis. Um, one of their songs was redone by Disturbed. Fantastic. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, the sound of silence that disturbed did that's a redone by another song, another fantastic one by them. Um, um, you guys know the song Wagon Wheel by Darius Rucker, yes, one of my favorite country artists. Mm -hmm. Yes, he's one of my favorite country artists as well. You know, he's not the original singer of that song. I did not know that, I didn't know that either. It is the um. Hang on one second. Let me find it. Dylan, you would probably really like this original. It's Old Crow Medicine Show is the original artist for it. And it's, oh, okay. It's more like that twangy old style country more so than the Darius Rucker. Like, I love the Darius Rucker version of it. I I love um Old Medicine Crow. I, I love them. They're great. Yeah. yeah, I really like their version of it. Um, and like I said, that there's, if I'm remembering correctly, there's just the original. It just has a much different tone to it. And that's something I like when people do covers on songs. I don't like it. There's been quite a few bands, or just cover bands in general, that try their hardest to make the song sound exactly as the original artist. And I feel like it loses that touch it has. Mm-hmm. the band or the artist needs to take the song and they need to make it their own but still respect the original song enough look at um the rising sun house in the rising sun do we know that song yeah, yeah. good song yeah fantastic song it's been redone so many times that certain versions start to sound the same and it's kind of lost its magic in my opinion well that reminds me that. Hmm. Lizette. Yeah. So Sam Hunt, do you know his song Cop Car? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, so it's on his first album. It is a cover. It's Keith Urban's song. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
Okay. And they sound similar, but they do definitely sound different. And I love both versions. Like, I could listen to them back to back and not be like, I feel like I'm listening to the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and we are also currently in the season of the many, many covers of, like, five holiday songs. And if you work retail, you listen to them on repeat all day long with no choice. Control my playlist at work. Me too. Uh, I hate you both. I I don't get to choose mine. I'm at the mercy of I I don't even know who has control of it. Nobody at my store. Um but like listening to the same song just like five different covers of it throughout the day, whether it be a holiday song or just a like your average everyday song, it really makes you appreciate the ones who do covers who seem like they actually care about the song and aren't just doing it just to do it if, if that makes sense mm -hmm. they're, they're taking it and making it their own like i said earlier they're yeah. putting a little bit of themselves <laughs> in the song mm -hmm. which is what really takes and makes a cover so good yeah compared to like i said the basic cover bands that just kind of maybe up the tempo and just kind of sing it and not really feel it yeah I tell you my favorite like long form story of somebody that covered somebody else's song and the impact it had. Uh, we all know the Whitney Houston "I Will Always Love You," right? Yeah, yeah. Did you know that Dolly Parton is actually the original writer and singer of that song, and she actually wrote it the same day she wrote the song "Jolene." Yep. So he. Did not know that. Yes, and her version is a classic. It is great. It is 100% fantastic. But when uh, Whitney Houston started in that movie with Ke Kevin Costner, I think it was called The Bodyguard. Yes. I could be wrong. That's but that's right. where she performs it, and then they, re they released it theatrically with the movie, and it just kind of took the world by storm. Um, this is the part I'm unclear about. I don't know if because Dolly Parton originally wrote it she always got royalties or if when Whitney Houston passed away in 2012, I believe she bought the royalties back or the rights back that part. I'm not really clear with, but what I do know is that Dolly Parton was such a huge fan of Whitney's version of the song and she absolutely loved it. And in the course of the song's lifetime, she had to have always had royalties for this number to make sense. She earned, Ten million dollars in royalties off of or being the original writer essentially um i believe in like 2020 maybe even earlier this year i can't remember the exact date um dolly parton found an area in nashville tennessee that was predominantly black uh, families that lived there and i don't think that it's like the best neighborhood she used the proceeds from the royalties to invest in like essentially like an office complex so for those of you that don't understand when you do something like that in a community that's you know downtrodden you raise the property value and then the, the area is going to have an increase in tax revenue so it's a pretty big deal to do something like that because you're, you're kind of elevating um the local economy on just like a 
you know, a town level, so to speak. And she kind of did it in honor of Whitney. And she said, you know, with everything going on in the world, this was the best way. Because she'd always loved Nashville. So it kind of just made sense. And she basically did it in like, in a way to commemorate Whitney. And that to me is like one of the coolest stories I've ever heard in the music industry. I remember hearing something about that. I don't know. I just, Dolly Parton is one of those artists that I, I never hear anything bad about her. She's amazing in concert. I've heard that. That was definitely one that I wish I could see. It was it was a fun concert. Even if we were like in the back, it was so much fun. I would go see her thousand times over. Still haven't been to a concert. We'll fix that one day, Gordon. We're gonna go see the Who. Who? Exactly. Okay. Like the doctor? Oh god. No no. No no, we don't feel good. It's fine. Oh? Okay. Who again? No, we're gonna start a who's on first argument. We're yeah, gonna be doing that. I don't have the time today. Second. Anyway, uh, an argument. Are we gonna go see? Steven, do you think this is a good time for an ad read? I uh, I have a question for when we come back. Actually, perfect. I think it's a great segue, Liza. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. All right, and we are back. So, Dylan, what's your question for us? Oh, I was curious. Um, what is everyone's like favorite subgenre, if we want to call them that, of country music? Really, don't know what you're talking about, man. I I didn't expect much from you. Uh, I I don't recording. know subgenres. I just know genres. Well, if if you want me, I can give an example. Personally, for me, if you can call it a subgenre, at least I do, it's that southern twang kind of gothica country that's got a little bit of that hard, old-fashioned rock to it. It just it, it carries that feeling with it, that kind of like heaviness. Are you talking like Cody Jinks, like? Um, what are some artists? Uh, the Dead South. Okay. Leonard Skinner. No, not that. Not that a, one. A little heavier than that. that. I like that. That Leonard Skinner. I don't really know what I would put them as. Where did I set my phone? Leonard's. Uh, um, the Dead South. Um, Child White. Oh, I do like the Dead Walter South. What do you say? I like the Dead South. Yeah, the Dead South. That see, that's a subgenre of country to me. It's like that kind of southern twangy rock, but it okay. still holds that kind of classic country storytelling to it. Okay. How about like, um, Whiskey Myers? Do you guys know any songs by them? Yeah. Sounds familiar. It does, but I don't. They're like they—they they kind of fit with at least the way that you're describing it, Dylan. It might not be quite what you're thinking of, but that would be a subgenre of country that I really like, which to me, sorry, kind of also makes me think of that twangy, like 
I'd expect to see somebody sitting like on the porch of their house, like out in the mountains playing some of these songs. Some of them can be like really sad, so I don't listen to them that often. Yeah. But like they're they are really pretty. Well, one of my top ones is um Coulter Wall. Almost every song of his has that slow kind of um that thrumming beat you can almost feel in your heart when you listen to it. Yep. Just just takes you, it feels like you're sitting in the middle of a field surrounded by some snowy mountains with a heavy rain and a fog bank rolling in. Yep. You can see the black, you can see the man dressed in black waiting for you on the other side. <laughs> just that dark southern rock. I would just have to say, Mark. I'd have to say my favorite. Sorry, Sam. Yeah. No, it's okay. I just was going to say, I think that my favorite subgenre, now that I will invest a little bit to figure out where I would fit, would probably be bluegrass. Um, that, really, that encompasses you know, some of Dolly Parton's early work, uh, people like Allison Krauss, Nitty Gritty Dirty Band, um, Osborne Brothers. So I would say that I probably lean more to that side of it, just based on my little research I just did. That is, yeah, I like that. That that's also a really yeah. good genre. Which is like really hard for me though, because when I go to do my own research, it's like I hit every single genre mm-hmm. because that is almost all that I listen to is country since the time I was born to now. So like Western country is really big, like Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, love mm-hmm. absolutely love them. But then there's like where's it at? There is Outlaw Country with Waylon Jennings. I could listen to that all day long. And then there's me and Lizette, who we like to line dance to pretty much anything that you can line dance to. Yep. I, I've definitely uh, been aware of your line dancing hobby, and I uh, would like to partake whenever I am down in that region of the world. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to work on that, Delaney. We're gonna have to brush up some of our dances because I've forgotten a lot of them. And I literally, all I really want to do is dance to "Cheater Cheater" again because that's my favorite line dance ever. That's also one of the easier ones for people who are learning. Exactly. Uh, did she just call you out? Yeah, I can't dance to save my life. As oh. like, I cannot sing. <laughs> you I feel you. The... I can sing at three in the morning in the shower. <laughs> don't you mean cry okay listen oh, here buddy <laughs> I didn't think Gordon had enough effort in his action to take care of himself the shower oh my god Gordon knows I know what the fuck <laughs> I love you Gordon what have I ever done to any of you uh, do you want the list don't answer <laughs> the other ones don't have excuses or at least I as know. many as you on that note, uh, <laughs> Delaney, I think you want to cry <laughs> in the shower at three a.m. Like I said, yes, we got it. <laughs> uh, Delaney, do you want to circle back to uh, the Taylor Swift discussion? Because I know you had a lot you wanted to talk about there. The hostile work environment. Where's a- I am HR? God damn yeah. it! <laughs> oh, you are definitely not HR. <laughs> I'm one Taylor Swift, and I know Stephen has a lot to say about Taylor Swift too. Yes, let's uh, get away from the cyberbullying and let's talk about Taylor Swift. 
thank you. So, okay. I know a lot of people don't like Taylor Swift, or a lot of people love newer Taylor Swift and hate older, or flip-flop, vice versa, whatever. I'm a big fan of both. So, I love old Taylor Swift because I they came out and I was like eight or nine. So, I grew up listening to all of that. And then she started releasing some of her newer stuff, and I kind of stopped listening as much i would still listen to like the popular ones um just because they came on the radio but they were never like in my playlist and then taylor swift re-released her red album and i had a like heart attack when it first came out like i was texting liza and i was like you have to listen to this because i'm in tears because i was so excited and it was so good and then she re-released Fearless and they, or sorry, vice versa. She did Fearless and then Red. And I could cry listening to them still just because I have so many good memories of them. I completely agree. It was a weird um, renaissance, I guess you could say. Like her, we were talking during the break, like the just hearing the vocal growth, like Dylan pointed out, um, it, it's such a good talking point because i i was a fan of the original album speak now was forever my jam and then well, forever red, be my favorite. that is probably the best album in my opinion but there's yeah. that's not to shit talk red because red was really good but for me I, what was i believe reputation was next after that right um i think so let me pull up her because it went it went her self-titled it went speak uh no it went fearless then speak now, then read, yeah, and then and I then believe reputation. Oh, and that's okay. That's the one where it was the real shakeup. Uh, like, sh well, ironically, shake it off um, was really her first foray foray into pop, and I liked it, but it just I didn't understand what she was doing at the time, and, and replayed it. Yeah, and the radio. They, it was like they were put. They were force feeding this pop version of her to the point of a nauseam it's like almost like the way they shove Adele down your throat on the radio and love Adele but the radio stations need to cool it if I hear that new song one more time I'm I'm gonna file a lawsuit anyway um it's so weird to hear it like she's circling back and she's getting back to the older stuff and she's you know she's giving more details and the whole social media campaign I'm gonna tell you when I realized well, what she was doing and I understood it and I was like okay she's got it like that she's she's being everything she's a businesswoman she's a branding expert she's a social media expert or at least has the right team around her when she did that pop song um uh, oh my gosh I just had it and I now I'm blanking oh you need to calm down and oh, she yeah. had and she worked back in the whole like Katy Perry feud thing and it went like crazy on YouTube. That's when I realized like I kind of better understood her journey. It's like she was breaking out of her box, breaking out of the country music, you know, four walls, and she was building an empire. And she's about branding and marketing and she wants to be like, she wants to have it all. And I think she's doing it very successfully. I feel like she could have like her own genre mm -hmm. and everybody would just like agree yeah i'd have to agree 
She's done some really interesting collaborations too. Like I love her song that she did with Brendan Urie from Panic at the Disco. It's on her Lover album. Yep. I that was when... that was a good album. Sorry. <laughs> You're good. Um, I remember when that one came out, and like, I think I, I, like, it started playing, and I didn't know what it was, and I didn't know that he was in it. And when it got to the part that he started singing, I think I dropped what I was doing. I was like, wait 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 what is happening right now mm-hmm. because he's forever one of my favorite male singers and i mean i think i've already mentioned him like two or three times in this episode alone um but just that collab and she's done a couple others she did a song uh she was featured on a song with boys like girls and that that was a while ago uh that one oh yeah today was a fairy tale yeah actually that so today was a fairy tale was her own song two is better than one is that's what yeah sorry no you're fine um but uh, just looking at her um some of the things she's been featured on different movie soundtracks stuff like she was in the first hunger games movie she had a song on that soundtrack um, she's had songs on several soundtracks, honestly. Like, she has, like, like you said, she has, um, very successfully marketed herself across the music industry, it feels like. Mm-hmm. So one and of I... my favorite songs that she will have ever done, because they, I am a true crime junkie, will be Nobody, No Crime. <laughs> Like, that is just the true crime junkie in me that is obsessed with that song and had it memorized in a day. Do you believe any of the conspiracies that it's actually a confession? Let's not get into conspiracies today. Okay, all right, all right. All right. Is that the lady Um, keeping us on track? I have to, because if we go into conspiracies, we're spiraling. Yes, well, we are due for another conspiracy episode for the for the general note. I think that what I love about it is like um, recently, I think it was this summer that Olivia Rodrigo blew up, and like it was funny for me because there's so many people that were like, "He's like the next Taylor Swift," and I'm like, "What's we don't have to replace anybody?" Like what Taylor Swift did was she broke down boundaries and broke down walls and I, I'm not going to lie I, th- I think Olivia Rodrigo has a lot of talent and I see the comparison and like how she wrote her album is kind of a similar storytelling way of love and breakups and all the stuff that Taylor did <clears throat> and it's almost like Taylor ran or Taylor walked so Olivia could run and I, I'm excited to see that like genre like there's a new girl on TikTok her name's Lauren Weintraub and she's kind of blowing up in that same way. And I like that. I like that Taylor kind of paved the path for these independent female singers to really just go out there and make what they love and not have to fit into a box, if that makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. Does anybody else have anything they want to add to this? Or are we going to move on? <laughs> I say move on. I don't listen to much country anymore okay well i guess we'll um 
use the fact that Taylor Swift kind of dabbled into the pop genre to jump to the next artist that I wanted to talk about today. Um, so the date that this particular episode airs should be December 10th, which should also coincide with the date of Andy Grammer's new song dropping. And let me just real quick pull up what that title is. My boy, Andy Grammer. I'm pretty sure it's called Love Myself. But I just want to make sure that I have that right. I don't know. I saw it on Facebook earlier this week and I was like, why did I not know that this was coming out? So, um... First and foremost, the, the main songs that I wanted to talk about with Andy Grammer, have you guys listened to the last two that he released? Probably not. Alright, um, so it's Damn, uh, Damn It Feels Good to Be Me is one, and then the other one was Lease on Life. And if I remember the things that I, the posts and stuff that I read from him, I believe he wrote both of them during lockdown for COVID. And like he said, he was doing a lot of self-reflection and, you know, working on some self-growth. And one thing that I really, really love about his music, and it, it's ironic to me, the timing that he releases a lot of his songs, I found recently, um... They really resonate with me personally and it almost feels like he drops them in a time that is really relevant for me so the lyrics to damn it feels good to be me if you guys haven't listened to it i think i dropped it in our music episodes um thread that we have on discord but basically it's just him talking about how he spent so much time um kind of trying to fit into the box of what he thought he should be and trying to be like everybody else and he's finally realized that you know just being himself being who he is is better than any than trying to follow any rules that he thought he had to follow and like he mentions where's the line he mentions something about spending like years trying to be somebody else and that just really hit hard for me personally because like um anybody who knows anything about stuff that I've been dealing with for like the past five-ish years I would say um I kind of sat down one day and realized I didn't really like the person that I was and the person that I was becoming or headed towards becoming and decided to take the take the time to actually change and become who someone that I was actually proud to be and around the time that this song released was kind of around the time that I finally felt like I was had succeeded in becoming the person that I wanted to be if, if that makes sense it definitely does it's, so oh go on no I was just gonna say it's so what you're saying is the lyrics and the music resonate with you because it coincides with essentially milestones in your personal growth and in your life that it, it's not, a, I don't believe in coincidence. It's like it happened for a reason that those songs came out at those definitive points. Yeah. And I mean, Stephen, you even 
brought up so you introduced me to a song of his and this is one that i definitely recommend our listeners check out um, if they want to it's a beautiful song it's called she'd say the release date for that was august 2nd of 2019 which was exactly two months before my mom passed away and the story behind that song he wrote it for his daughter about his mother who had passed away saying like you know all the things that his mom would say to his daughter but the lyrics of that when you showed it to me you you knew it was something that I needed to hear listening to it more in a sense of like if my mom had been speaking to me and it's definitely a song that I go back to frequently um whenever I need to work through either some emotions that I have going on about that loss or what have you. Um, It's a song that I've shared with a very good friend of mine who lost her mother about a year ago, and it resonated with her on a completely different level because she had had her first child. And um, I remember her coming back to me after I told her to listen to it and saying, like, you like I I hadn't even realized how much it would resonate with her in a different way than it did with me. So his music in general, all of his songs just hit different for me. Yeah. Um, Um, Can I tell you, I'm sorry. Can I tell you the story of how, and maybe I have told you like how I came across the song and like why, like I brought it to you. Like, can I tell that part? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've followed in Andy Grammer for quite a while. Um, I liked his openness. I liked his candor. Candor. He, candor. Gosh, I can't speak tonight. He talks about you know have, what it's like to have massive hits and then to fall off and then to have another hit and then to fall off again. He's very open with like he's a hit maker, but he like essentially was in that phase of his life where he was trying to pretend to be something that he wasn't. And like, so sometimes he'd pop off, sometimes he wouldn't. It was like not really authentic, I guess is the best word. Mm-hmm. And I just, I've always been drawn to him because I think he's a very real musician. And it's hard to find that like line between still a human and like a pop star. Yeah. Um, so I've tried to follow most of his work. I have to say I have dropped the ball with the recent singles. So I'm kind of a hypocrite. But um, that album came out and it was just, it was phenomenal. I was watching every video, watching every release. It, I believe it was all released on YouTube at the time, uh, collectively. And when I came across the She'd Say, for those of you listening, it's she's, um, he partners with Ladysmith Black Mombazo and they're extremely talented and extremely, extremely underappreciated for this, uh, the content that they produce. Um, so it's this beautiful beat and it's this beautiful lyrics. Essentially why it resonated with me is I no longer have my grandparents with us. And it wasn't so much about me because I felt like I know them. I can, I can live with the memories and and the good times and, you know, it still hurts. But as an uncle, I see my niece and nephew that never met my grandma and or my grandma rose and i'm not gonna lie like it actually made me realize like you know right now my niece and nephew are blessed they have my mom 
they, uh, they have two other grandma, my brother's mom, and they have my sister-in-law's mom. And honestly could not ask for three better grandmas for three little, like two little children. Like it's beautiful, but I kind of made me sad because I'm like, well, those ladies are great. Don't get me wrong. I love them, but like, they don't, they'll never know grandma Ann and grandma Rose. And so like when that song hit me, I was like, well, this is my mission. I'm going to always, you know, respect the grandmas that they have here on earth, but it's like, it's my job to tell the stories of Anne and Rose and make them know them. So that's what, why it made it emotional for me. I sent it to as many people as I could. And then I was with a, a lit friend of mine. Well, quite honestly, her name was Shannon and I was madly secretly in love with her and she was uh, dealing with the loss of her mom and it had been a few years and she has a daughter and I share it with her. And I saw the emotional response that it was a song of healing and it was a song of power and she needed that in that moment. And then when I witnessed that, and then was that when you went through losing your mom, mm-hmm. I knew the lyrically it wouldn't make actual sense, but I knew that having seen the value it had with me, with my friend, I was like, this is one of those songs that you, it's meant to heal. And it's meant to, even if you <laughs> sad cry during listening to it, you're still healing. Oh, yeah. If that, that makes sense. Yeah, it's just like the music is very beautiful and it's very comforting and the lyrics are very comforting. And it's, you can just tell how much love was poured into that song. And like, it makes me cry every time I listen to it. Um, a little bit of a story from not the last time I listened to it, but the first time that Drew got to hear it, honestly, we were on our way up to visit you guys. And um, my phone was just like on Spotify, just playing random songs. And that song started and it it has like a vocalizing chorus at the beginning. Um, And I I recognized it as soon as it came on. And I was like, no, no, I don't want to listen to this right now. I don't want to cry right now because I was driving. And Drew's just looking, Drew's looking at me like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, and I'm trying to like hit the button on my phone to skip the song. And my phone locked up and it wasn't responding and I couldn't skip it. And I'm like panicking, trying to hit this button. And he is like, hold on, like, tell me what's going on. And he like took my phone. He's like, I'll change it. But he didn't get to it fast enough. And like once the the first, um, the first stanza started, once Andy Grammer started singing, I'm like, stop. He's like, what do you mean? I'm going to change. I'm like, no, stop. It's too late. Let it play. Yeah. And um, I just kind of locked into driving so that I didn't get like super upset. And he's sitting there looking at me like he didn't know what was coming. And um, as he was listening to it, like once it was done and like I had had tears running down my face the whole time. Once it was done, he just looked at me and he's like, that song almost made me cry. He's like, not even for the fact that you were crying, just like listening to it. He's like, wow. Mm-hmm. Um. And it just, but it, it made me feel better. Like it let out that little bit of emotions that I needed to get out because the day that I was coming up that that played was one day before the two year anniversary of her passing away. Yeah. Which I'm so glad you were here for that weekend. (laughs) It definitely helped. Um, But it's like, that's, 
kind of part of why I wanted to do this music series with you guys just because music can be so good for healing and helping us to sort through emotions or kind of process emotions or sometimes it gives you words to explain something that you can't quite get out yourself Mm -hmm. um just to kind of continue on this very sad topic just a little bit longer (laughs) um my sister and I recently had a conversation where I brought this song up to her I don't know if she's listened to it yet but she turned around and she gave me the song that resonates with her and she's like you know it doesn't again it's one that doesn't necessarily make sense in the context of what we've been through but um Maddie and Tay's song Die of a Broken Heart that's her that was one of her kind of go-to songs when she needed to cry and she wanted to kind of listen to something um listen to something that would kind of make her feel a little bit better let her process her emotions because that's a song about a girl going to her mother for comfort and she told me she's like you know this is this is my song and then of course she proceeded to text me all night long did you listen to it yet did you listen to it yet (laughs) but no child i haven't gotten to it yet i was trying to stop being sad after our conversation but okay i will go listen to your sad song sad boy hours sad girl hours (laughs) more time Um, um can i share another since we're like i i feel like this is we're getting into the emotional territory and I want to share one other song that yeah. it's not, it's not Andy grammar, but I don't know how to frame this. So I'm going to do the best I can. And please trust me when I say, I mean, no disrespect. Um, so the series of events, uh, prior to, and I, I, I feel awful because I'm blanking in the moment. I can't remember if this happened before your mom's passing or after, I want to say before, because I feel like it was all in the same year. My childhood best friend, Britton Long, beautiful, beautiful soul, got me through early early development. Um, her mom was in, my mom was actually at her wedding before my mom even knew my dad. So they were friends. And then Britton and I and her brother, Jake, essentially we grew up together. Um, Mary, her mom, battled MS all of her life, and it would be peaks and valleys of health and then deterioration in health. And unfortunately, Mary lost her battle, and um, I believe it was earlier the same year, um, Mm -hmm. if not before that. Um, And I I hate to sound selfish when I say this, because it's like, it's like you watch everything else around you happen and you see what it does like to, you know, watch Britain go through the grieving process and then to watch you and um, Shannon and different people that have lost this very significant person. Um, I guess selfishly, it made me take like stock or inventory on the fact that people may find it funny or whatever, but like my mom is truly my best friend and I think in a greedy way, having witnessed this, it, it's made me appreciate my time with her. And there's a song by Ed Sheeran called Supermarket Flowers. And when I first heard it, it was after Britain's mom had passed away. And it's going to sound selfish, but it's essentially Ed's love letter to losing his mom. And um, 
I will tell you without a doubt, that is a song that if it played right now, I'd be crying. Oh, yeah. And I, mm-hmm. Are you familiar with it? So the the friend that I mentioned that I showed the Andy Grammer song to who lost her mother um, not quite a year ago, she, she and I also traded songs. So I gave her the Andy Grammer song. She gave me the Ed Sheeran song. She told me, she's like, don't listen to this unless you want to ugly cry. Yeah. And I and, proceeded to go home and put together a dresser and bawl my eyes out. So, <laughs> And I think that speaks to the larger power of music. Like, you know, for me and Gordon, and I actually owe the, like a thank you to you for this because it, it, we're, you know, we're all really busy now. Like we all have real full-time jobs and we are trying to make this podcast happen and the YouTube situation happen. And we're trying to like, be everything at once and really come into our own and it's a lot and it's sometimes you can feel bogged down and especially like when you take like because everybody here is taking on more roles and different things and it makes you realize that like the power of one song will make me realize that like you have to make time for certain things or people like in specific individuals or I don't know. It just speaks to the, the power of music and the power of lyrics at large because it's so easy to ca- get caught up in the rat race. And like, even with this podcast, sometimes it's like, okay, well, we start recording and we go and blah, blah, blah. Well, we also need to remember to come up for air and enjoy the f- time that we have together doing this and not have it always be all business all the time. If You know what I mean? Like, it makes you look at the grand yeah. scheme of things, I guess. And I just music's incredible i'm gonna stop with the rant because i feel like i'm going nowhere but i think you guys get what i'm saying i'm waiting for one of the others to chime in because you and i've been talking a lot yeah this is just me and you giving each other therapy at this point it's fine it's fine are the others still awake yes yes we're still awake i'm still here delaney did i make you cry you uh pretty pretty darn close it's The good thing we're not in the same room or else we both would be ugly crying. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, Steven, I, I think you put that very well. It is a hard um concept to put into words, but I think we all understood what you meant. And I realized that I did derail. I was trying to give Gordon credit for something he did. I I was driving to work one day and I realized supermarket flowers played and I I essentially like went to him and I don't think he realized that I was emotionally like rattled before like getting there or maybe I waited to talk to him about it but I essentially was like listen Sundays no matter if my mom works or not she's off at three at the worst I was like can I please like have that be my day off so that I know like one day a week I can at least devote an hour to sitting down having a coffee with her having a beer with her and just having in, in all of the rat race we're in make that happen. And he, he he didn't even ask what he went directly to the owner of the restaurant and like made it happen, and like so shout out Gordon because you that that meant a lot to me. I like my Sunday work, and I'm happy to know that it has helped you in more than just wanting Sundays off. Yeah, it was really emotional, and I don't know if you understood that, so I really appreciate you doing that for me. My social cues are fucking garbage, so no, I do not. What did you say? My social cues are garbage, <laughs> I do not understand. 
Well, it's appreciated nonetheless. Anyway, so I realized that I like kind of said that and didn't close that point. But uh, yeah, so music's powerful and we love it. We, we support music on this podcast. The most basic general statement ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think on that note, I think we've kind of closed out our discussion for the night. So you wanted to touch on the fact that um, everybody's kind of taken on some new roles, one person in particular, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like everything is looking up. Let's let's segue out of this sad even the little person situation. we're about to talk to about what looking up. Yeah. Look up wow. Oh wow, that was a height joke. Okay. Yeah, All she, right. Yeah, because she's short. <laughs> okay, so I guess again, speaking to what we were talking, what I was, you know, blabbering about as far as the rat race of it all, Delaney, who was hesitant to appear on the podcast in the beginning has you know now uh become a frequent contributor and has stepped into a new role uh we are trying to grow the podcast trying to grow our social media presence and we originally had the og host kylie who is one of the best top notch uh in a position of social media manager kylie of course is uh, at the age where she is fully invested in pursuing her career and becoming the just becoming the woman that I know she will be and that she deserves to be, and we're super proud of her for all of her hard work. And she is a welcomed person on this show. She is amazing. Quite honestly, if it wasn't for her being on my ass, I don't know if Let's Be Nerds would have even started. But with that being said, again, the rat race. Uh, Kylie has a lot of really good things happening, not just with school, but with her personal life. So being a contributor on the show, aside from just an occasional guest appearance when she is on break, is about the level that she can commit. And I totally understand. And I'm just so happy for her that it's all good stuff. So with that being said, the social media management of it all sort of fell on me and quite frankly i am old and i don't like instagram <laughs> and so miss <clears throat> delaney you have really shined on this podcast as a guest and um as now a co-host and so you have stepped into the role of social media manager you are now running the instagram page and really promoting you have a lot of incredible ideas that you're bringing to the table we've already in a few days seen what you're able to do and so i first want to thank you and say i appreciate you taking this off my plate and really just enjoying this role but i want to ask you like what made you say yes what made like because i know you had a little bit of experience with it but like what made you say yes to taking the position so first off, you're going to make me cry. Well, I don't want to do that. Thank you. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I guess it's just something that I've always liked is just being able to post all the time about something that I'm passionate about and that I know my family is passionate about. So like pretty much anything to help you guys, I I love. Mm-hmm. So it's so really, really funny because as as we're doing this, 
you know how we talked about making a playlist? Mm -hmm. I may have have one started that already has two hours worth of songs on it. I love it. I just love how excited you are about this element because for anybody listening, like, you know, social media side of podcasting is so important. And I know this, I'm aware of it. I'm just, I, it stresses me out and I'm not good at it. And so like the fact that you're good at it and you like to do it and you're excited about it, I feel like it's going to be bringing us to the next level that I think our show is growing to. Um, let me, I got to ask, what is your favorite social media platform to work on? Um, probably Instagram. Just because it, it's easy to navigate for everybody. Um, and like, I love posting on the story because then I can also add it as our highlights. So they come up on our account. So like everybody can see them all the time. So like all of our important bulletins, that's I can put them there. And it's just like, I have a lot of creativity, like aspects that I can do in there. I noticed the stories that were pinned already today and I was like, holy cow, I totally forgot Instagram had that feature because I'm old. <laughs> you still use Twitter, so I mean. I, I don't. I just have it to like look up information. <laughs> I think Gordon posts, I think Gordon, you post some links to some episodes, but like we really, our Twitter presence is crap. Yeah, we it's don't okay. use Twitter. I just, it's, it's a hellscape of an app. Like it's just so mean and negative. I'm like, I mean, I know we're going to eventually get hate comments, and trust me, I got a lot on a YouTube video, so I know what that's like to be like basically canceled by a religious cult. But it's just a lot on Twitter where I just don't think it's like there's not a lot of positivity. Aside from getting our, our name got retweeted by the wonderful Bethany Frankel, which was incredible, and I didn't sleep all night. Um, aside from that, that was like the only good Twitter experience I've ever had. What's your thoughts on Twitter, Delaney? Twitter is a very interesting place. Hellscape. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> interesting. But if you get to the right side of Twitter, it can be very, like, not uplifting. That's not the word I'm looking for. But I guess uplifting. Because you can get the people that'll retweet. And yes, maybe they'll say something bad, but they still retweeted. All their followers are still seeing it. Engagement is engagement. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you're going to get hate comments, like you said. So at least if somebody publicly does it, we're in the public's eye. <laughs> that is true. That is true. My favorite, I've gotten so many good hate comments on YouTube, though. Like, I don't have my face in my video. It's only in my profile picture because I'm trying to do the commentary side of things. And somebody said that I have a big nose and a nasally voice. And I was like, you know what? You're not wrong, sir. It, the joke's funny, but you got to stop. It. <laughs> I don't know. Social media is tough. Like, it's a lot of, uh, but for the most part, the lesbian nerds, people that we interact with are super cool. It's very, like, small at the time. And I really like that. I like the engagement and the interaction that we have right now. So anyway, for those of you listening, go follow us on Instagram at Let's Be Nerds Pod. Um, see some of the cool stuff Delaney's working on. Interact. I mean, it's already a hundred percent more interactive than when I was doing it. It's you know you can participate in like topic suggestions. We're going to have uh, Delaney's preparing to meet the cast where we will be 
essentially introducing ourselves for those of you that don't know us personally or are new to the show. Um, definitely a lot of exciting things happening over on the gram. I feel insane in the gram. Anyway, so to wrap things up today, first of all, as always, we have to thank Anchor. Without them, this podcast would not be possible. I already plugged our Instagram and nauseam. So also go join our Discord. We are building a community. We have a lot of memes. We have a lot of fun stuff. I think what's happening with this show is a lot of it is happening on Discord while we're recording. So if you're enjoying it, come over and join in because you'll be able to reference some of the material, but we'll, we'll try to include them on Instagram and have a reference point there. But really the action is also at discord and in the server. So we hope to see you there and we are doing a new year's Eve special. You're going to hear a little bit more details after I'm done talking. Uh, we're going to basically be doing a Spotify green room live recording on New Year's Eve from 10.30 well into the new year. It's going to serve as the season one finale. Uh, at this point, it should be episode 35, and it's going to give us a chance to not only record our show altogether, but people that are listening are going to be able to ask to speak and leave comments in the chat. And I think it's going to be a really cool experience. It's going to be all of us that were here tonight, uh, Bob, Carmen, hopefully Demetrius, uh, Drew, it's going to be pretty fun. So please consider downloading the Green Room app and joining us for that live event. You'll actually be able to find the link to join the live recording on our Instagram at the time. And uh, we also want to say that we are pleased to announce that we have a partnership with Audible. It's uh, basically a 30-day free trial. We really love the Audible app here on the show, and it's now live. If you go to the Let's Be Nerds Instagram, you can find the link in the bio. Please have a 30-day free trial on us. See if Audible fits for your life, for your schedule. I know it's really been a benefit to me, and we're happy to support, show our support to a wonderful service like that. And with that being said, I think that's all we got for today, so we will see you in the next one. Gordon, Lizette, are you guys as excited about the New Year's Eve special as I am? You know it, Steve. I mean, I know me and Drew are excited. We're both going to be there. And I think, Dylan, you're going to be there too, aren't you? You bet your shiny gold buttons I'll be there. <laughs> guys, do you know who else? Carmen, you're, you are coming. I don't, I'm so excited. Yeah, me and Bobby wouldn't miss it for the world. So this is going to be our first time doing a live event and people that are listening can actually come in, join the chat. They can join in on a microphone or through text chat and they can actually be a part of it. This is like the best way to end season one. I lost my left yeah. shoe no, thinking about please. it. <laughs> <laughs> Did it knock your socks off? And Not even have those shoe. on in the first place, so just a shoe. <laughs> what time is this going to start at? So we're looking at, because obviously we have to celebrate midnight. So we're thinking around 10 or 10.30. We're going to have more details to follow. So this is really important. If you want to be a part of our New Year's Eve special, you have to get on Discord or Reddit. You have to be a part of the community to be on. I, I can't explain how excited I am for us to be live. We're going to take your chats. You can join in on the call. Tell us what you like about the show, what you don't like. 
this is going to be the most interactive we've ever been with anybody. It's so exciting. <sighs> but, Gordon, do you know what the real thing is? Is they have to have green room. Can you tell they them about green room? They have to have green room. Green room is a lovely addition to Spotify where we are able to go live and just be able to record with all of you guys listening in. You guys can ask to speak with us. You can join us. You can join in the live chat through the whole thing. We can bring you on so you can share your opinion on our podcast or just your opinion on some random BS like we love to do on our podcast and just and, chill with us all night. And Liza, do you know what the best part is? What's if that? you Are you a listener to Spotify? Yes. If you have a Spotify account, you can just ho- download the Green Room app and immediately create an account. How easy is that? Oh, okay. So it just ties into the account that you already have for Spotify. Exactly. It's perfect. It's going to be like a two-second download process and then a two-second sign-in process. Okay. Carmen, I don't know about you, but I would really think that it'd be cool if some of our listeners would like either join in on the voice chat or through text and tell us New Year's resolutions. Are you big on New Year's resolutions? Not so much on uh, resolutions, um, but I just love being with friends and family, and I think it would be a great time to have uh, more of our friends and family who are listening be a part of this so that uh, we get to hear from everybody. And what's a better way than celebrating the new year than to start off with a group of friends that are all on the same page? Exactly. Dylan, I I can't wait. Are you excited? I am. Like I said, I lost my I lost my left shoe, and I think the cat took the right. Oh my gosh! I should hopefully find it in time. If not, like you said, I can join through Reddit or I can join through the Discord. I can't wait. Well, I will see you guys all there, and everybody listening. We hope to have you be a part of our special night. It's the season one finale. If you're enjoying the Let's Be Nerds podcast, please come join us and let's kick off the new year together and safely and social distance and just kind of be a part of a group where everybody's welcome and everybody's accepted. Hope to see you there. Let's Be Nerds is hosted and executive produced by Gordon Bryant and me, Stephen J. McLean. Let's Be Nerds is a production of Speakeasy Productions. Our social media manager is Kylie Gregg. Our managing producer and co-host is Lizette Ayala. Today's guest host was Robert Van Jacobs. You can follow him on all social media platforms at Bobby Dub Music. To keep up with the latest on Let's Be Nerds, join our Discord server linked in the description box below. Follow us on Instagram at Let's Be Nerds Pod or find us on Twitter at Let's the letter B, nerds. Mm-hmm.